You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw. And in today's episode, I'm diving in with Erica Haperly. And we're talking about all things cultivating abundance and how to actually use your feminine embodiment in a completely different way to elevate your business. This was definitely amongst one of my favorite conversations ever with a guest. And Erica just had so much to add into really thinking about the feminine in a new way and being able to lean into it as your superpower. So thank you guys so much for listening today. You might be able to hear a little cocoa bean in the background there. She just turned two last week and she's just going a mile a minute. So that's a, a little high from her there. And I really, really hope you find this episode as impactful as I did. Okay, awesome. Erica, thank you so much for uh, being here today. I am super excited to talk about feminine energy, how it plays into business, and just to have a really, like, I love this topic. I think that it's so important. And uh, I'm excited to dive in. So let's start with talking a little bit about your um, your story. So how did you find yourself getting into self-intimacy and female embodiment and leadership coaching around that? Yeah. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Such a, a beautiful honor. And journey. You can interject at any time, so I'll, I'll just go on. But the my journey started in the bodybuilding world. So I was a bodybuilder for three, about three, three and a half years. Um, Really intense. So it was about 5% body fat and really in the masculine energy. And just to really preface like masculine energy and feminine energy are very much um, within all of us. So how they are expressed can be different depending on how we grew up, can be depending on how we mirrored and modeled our parents or what our childhood looked like. But just to give an overall view before I dive in is the masculine energy is really much about the logics. It's about the strategy. It's about the structure, the systems, right? It's about the, the holding. And the feminine energy is very much about the energetics of abundance, the intuition, our creativity. It's about our expression. It's about how we flow through life and in this in this conversation through business. So I found myself very much in the bodybuilding world. It was all about structures, all about systems. It was all about doing this, doing that, then this, then that. And it there was no space for my expression. And 
fast forward, I got really ill um, in the bodybuilding world because I was binging and purging. I was losing weight, gaining weight. And I was in this cycle that was very toxic for my mental health and for my physical health. And I found myself in and out of the hospital, in and out of getting blood work, MRI on my pituitary because I thought I had a tumor. And ultimately, it was like my wake-up call. It was so, my identity was so connected to my physical body that I had no space to even know who I was without it. And then it got stripped for me. I gained about 65 pounds in the course of between four to six months. And from there, I just didn't know who I was. And so I had to go on this journey of really deep self-exploration. And I was forced to step out of the gym. At one time, I had a holistic um, doctor, a naturopath, and a acupuncturist and herbalist. And they were like, you need to just go for walks and do yoga. I was like, go for a walk? What do I do on a walk? Like I had no connection to anything outside of the gym and the kitchen for my food. I have a couple of questions around this and this unlearning that sort of happened. So what's so interesting about your story is that my story is like very similar to that. Um, I grew up in the fitness industry. My parents owned a gold's gym. So I was very much brought up in that similar masculine energy of control, being very focused on my appearance and what I looked like and really feeling like that was the the bar at which either I was good enough or I wasn't like mm-hmm. around that. We had mm-hmm. like um, a full gym in our basement. My parents like sold the building for the Gold's Gym. So everything got moved to our house. So it was like, I don't know, like I grew up in a very, it was an interesting childhood, like the abductor, adductor machine, like you yeah. know, all these things, it was very, yeah. uh, you know, after you, you, you know, when you become an adult, you realize, okay, some of these things are very, not everyone, you know, like grew up in that sort of, I guess, environment where it was that yeah. centered. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, is one of the things I'm very passionate about is like, how do we unlearn these things that are so, they feel so ingrained. They feel like it's the blueprint at mm-hmm. which we're, you know, you're brought up in that environment. And I'm curious from your experience of, you know, getting into bodybuilding, like mm-hmm. what was there anything that you think like sort of led you down that path or did it just mm-hmm. happen upon you that you've, you know, discovered it and it was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I would say for my journey, it was a lot, the, the body was a really big focus growing up. My, I remember my mom and my aunts being in every diet, in and out of every diet. I could name every diet from growing up mm-hmm. um, from when I was six years old um, all the way until I was, you know, in the bodybuilding world. And so that was very a prominent narrative in my household in growing up. I also played a lot of sports and competitive sports. And so fitness was always in my world. And then the other thing that adds to it is I lived, I grew up in Los Angeles, California. So the body was very much, so much topic, so much of the focus. Health was very at the forefront of your worth and of how you were received in partnership. So I would say that. And then I played basketball all through high school. 
and we did a lot of Olympic lifting. So I started lifting in eighth grade. Um, so I guess that would be like held 14 years old. And I was lifting with 18 year olds because I was on the varsity team. So I've always had a competitive backbone, I guess. And so when I was not playing basketball anymore, I went to college and I started partying a lot and, you know, drinking drugs and I lost myself. And so I found that the only way I could find myself again was to get back into that competitive nature and to go back to like what I knew growing up. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of it. And I would say you asked about like the unlearning of it. Mm -hmm. Is that what you were speaking to? Yeah. I would say the the unlearning of these narratives is really for me and my journey and how I lead my clients was about first the awareness. So understanding like, where did I fall into this? Where did I come into this world or this narrative or this belief system? And so really speaking to, hmm, let me start to explore my family dynamics. Let me start to explore my childhood. What were the things that I saw my parents doing or saw my parents speaking about or saw my parents really uncomfortable about and really start to dive into like the inner child work and where did that stem from? And then you could even go back, right? And see like ancestors. And I knew my grandma or my lineage, my grandma was very much like on diet pills and that from my mom's side, my mom, my grandma, my dad's side was just very into fitness and health. And so you can start to first create that awareness. And I think that's the, the first step is what am I doing that I'm not feeling aligned with anymore or doesn't feel like it's serving the highest level of myself or my highest good? And where did that come from? Where did I adopt these from? And also, you know, I grew up an, an overweight child. So I was made fun of in elementary school and middle school and high school for being bigger, or I was never, I was always picked last when it came to like men or boys. And so it was like, okay, of course I would go to those extremes because I was trying to overcompensate for the inabilities or lack of self-worth that I was feeling. I would say for, from the that is then starting to go into one, like how, how is this, how is what I'm doing related to my lack of emotional intimacy? So do I know my emotions? Do I have a connection to my emotions? And if not, how can I start to develop intimacy with them? And intimacy is, is really like, I like to say into me, I see, right. It's a close proximity to self and with that, we're able to start to come closer to those emotions. And there's so many practices you can do for like cultivating emotional intimacy. But because I feel like when you're going to those extremes or when you're like really in the masculine, even if it's like in business, right? If you're overcompensating in business and your whole life is your business and you work your ass off and it's, you know, really, really rigid and structured, it's what am I overcompensating for? What am I not feeling in other aspects of my life? And how can I start to feel the fear, feel the shame that I, that I received as a child, feel the guilt? Um, and then from there, I'd say going into shadow work. And shadow work is really 
a whole topic in itself, but ultimately it's looking at those pieces of yourself that you have denied, repressed, felt embarrassed about, been shamed for all to, you hide them in order to receive love, in order to be accepted, in order to fit in, get your needs met. And so we reject these pieces. So I was rejecting so much of my sexuality as a young child, rejecting my physical body. Um, I was also a very loud, expressive child. So I was always told to, like, I was always in trouble, go sit outside for being too loud. So my voice started to become mute. And it just gets to be this really deep journey. But I would say like that process even is like to finish out my own story and journey is how I started to really fall into this work was I started to recognize that I had built a foundation on something that was my, that was my physical body, but on something that was not a great foundation to build on, right? Really building your worth off of how your physical body looks or performs. And then it was also like when I was in corporate, before I came into the the entrepreneurial business owning world was the, the, again, the performance, how well can I do? How well can I show up? How well can I prove that I'm good enough for this position in order to get the recognition, the external validation. And so from college into the bodybuilding world, into the corporate world, I then started to say, wow, like there's more to this. And so I left corporate to become a personal trainer at Equinox. And again, it was still the the hustle, the proving, the, the reaching, the hoping that they see me. And that ultimately was just a journey inward. I started to attend every workshop I could my hands on from breath work to intimacy workshops to lucid dreaming workshops, meditation, uh, sexological body work, somatic therapy, right? I could go on, but it it really was about like how well can I know every aspect of myself and go to meet those places that I've been afraid to meet. Or sometimes you don't even know, right? So I was just so open to really doing the work. And I also had lost my cycle for three years. And that was a deep disconnect to the feminine or from the feminine. And so, yeah, it was just a a really massive journey. And every single day, it's a commitment to how much more can I learn myself? But ultimately that led me into where I am now, which is the emotional intimate or the self-intimacy, the connection to our sexuality, our expression, and the feminine energetics of leadership. Hey coach, I finally have something that I've been dreaming of providing for you. I know that you definitely didn't start this business because you really felt like pestering your friends and family and getting ghosted by everyone. Chasing people down or having to follow up with them is definitely hard work and it can feel so awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. But your upline probably told you that this is what successful people do. And they didn't mention to you that unless you're this superstar salesperson right off the bat, you're going to struggle forever if you keep doing it that old school way. 99% of coaches quit because they suddenly declare themselves this expert online and then go back and ask everyone who knew them to just start buying from them when they just started working out last week. And this problem applies to all network marketers, not just coaches. 
But the 1% that actually succeed have made it because they've caught on to a different system that's been proven to work. And it's just something that nobody really talks about. It's all about taking some simple steps to position yourself as an influencer first. So soon, instead of asking people to talk to you, you'll attract ideal customers who are already excited to learn from you and buy from you. They'll know exactly what you're about and how you can help them. Go to ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline to learn more and see exactly what I'm talking about. You don't have to hunt people down and make them talk to you in order to get your bills paid for the rest of your life. Check out my short book called F what your upline said and get an entirely different approach that will feel much more organic and authentic. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline. I'm so excited for you to start implementing these four simple changes in your business and see how it absolutely transforms how you feel about your business and the results that you're able to get. If we go back to cultivating or, you know, the lack of uh, being able to cultivate emotional intimacy. uh, Yeah, this one is, I mean, very interesting. We're like, I'm raising a toddler right now. So she's Mm. two. And uh, there is a lot of, um, you know, like everyone has big feelings, including toddlers. And <laughs> yeah. um, of all the things I'm reading, I'm so I'm so thankful for all the work done around how to allow your child to feel and that feelings are good and mm-hmm. that uh, we want to encourage those instead of, you know, maybe things that it's interesting. It's almost like, I feel like shadow work inside a shadow work inside it, you know, like it, like the cycle kind of continues. Cause as I'm, yeah, uh, as I'm reading these books and, and, you know, following certain accounts and learning about mm-hmm. emotions, I'm also realizing how much of my emotions as a child, like would have been, you know, like suppressed through lack of knowledge and things like that. Right. And mm-hmm. when you have those triggers as a parent, um, it kind of opens up to, you know, be able to understand, oh, like, if this is triggering me, then what did, what was that, that actually happened in my childhood that, you know, mm-hmm. if I was taught to suppress it. So we, we read this book, it was called um, The Happiest Toddler on the Block, about, mm-hmm. um, like, it's interesting, because not only does it apply to you know, your children, but it's like this self-reflection of, you know, when you're feeling these big feelings, it's like, you're supposed to, you know, affirm to your child, like, you know, Coco mad, Coco really mad. And kind uh-huh. of, you know, like getting into the emotion with her. Yeah. Um, so she, she feels heard and she feels like a little more understood than, you know, the old, like, you're okay. You're okay. Which is like, sometimes you know, before I read these books, that probably was my go-to is like, no, 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 like, you know, like, it's okay. It's okay. And what that is telling the child is that your emotions, like just suppress them, like, yeah, fine, you're fine. Um, It's, it's interesting, like how ingrained and rooted it is in our Mm -hmm. childhood to push away um, emotions or like not be upset by things. And, just how much that is sort of a coming home to mm-hmm. realizing that emotions are good. Like we want to yeah. feel them. We want to be intimate with them and connected with them. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's- yeah. And I was like, 
That's so amazing that you're, you're reading those books and giving her the space to be able to express. And I always like to say like emotions are energy in motion, right? Like, and without the giving motion to the energy, they get stuck. And we like to create like these bad narratives around emotions, even anger, right? Most women are like, I'm not an angry person or, but ultimately like that's a really rage is a really powerful emotion when you let, when you emote it and you let it come out of your body in a sacred and safe space, right? And it's what we do with emotions that quote unquote, make them bad, right? There's no actual bad emotion, but if we are angry and we put that anger to someone else then it can become aggression, right? And then that could become dangerous. But if we go into our room and we're set up the space and we're like, I'm going to just feel this anger for 15 minutes and we pound our, our fists on the bed or we scream into a pillow, that actually can create so much more space to create ideas, to be abundant, to have this glow that people say, oh my God, you're glowing, right? It's because there's not that that heavy, dense emotion stuck in your physical body. And and we can talk about like the somatics or the soma is our, is our physical body that holds emotions in our cells, tissues, and can start to create this density in our body. We can carry emotional weight. We can carry our parents' emotions and trauma. But ultimately, like if you're thinking about how you're running a business, you'll have to work 10 times harder to call in those clients, to have the client say yes to your offer, to get people to see you and your vision because you don't have space to hold all of the abundance or the manifestations that you want because you think about your body can only hold so much. I like to think about like a, a bottle, right? And if you have rocks that are your childhood emotions and and that's at the bottom and then you put pebbles that become experiences that maybe aren't as heavy but still hold some sort of density. And then you sprinkle sand, right? Now your bottle is full and you have all of this heaviness in your body in this bottle. And I'm showing this bottle on video. I don't think it's going to be on the podcast, but um, you have this bottle that is full of heaviness. And now you're like, I want abundance. I want manifestations. I want money. I want clients. I want to be seen. I want to get on podcasts. I want to speak, but there's no room for those to come in because you're holding so much in your body dense. So when you start to emote those emotions or create intimacy with them or scream, yell, rage in your room, that starts to empty the bottle. Now the sand comes out, ah, oh, feels a little lighter. Now the pebbles come out, ooh, there's more space. Oh, I wanna have a 10K, 20K, 100K month. Wow, I can because I actually have space to hold it, right? And then you empty the rocks out and now you're like, whoa, we're soaring. So that's kind of how I like to explain emotional intimacy is like, we don't know what we don't know until we know. The more we start to like really get into with our emotions and inner child work and the shadow work, the more space we have to hold the next level of quote unquote success, whatever that is to you um, in our bodies. And again, then we can go into like calibrating the nervous system to really believe, like to know what it's like to hold I don't know where your audience is at, but 10K, 50K, 100K months and already believe that you're capable of it in your nervous system before it lands, before you're like, oh, here's that. You already have, your body's already prepared for it. So I have two questions for you. So 
to go back to shadow work for a second, this is one I'm not as familiar with. Um, but what were some of the things that you were able to do to bring up those repressed pieces of yourself? Like, was there anything that was super helpful in helping that come out for you? Mm, good question. I would say there's a, a technique called voice dialogue mm-hmm. and with shadow work and you basically listen to like the voices that are in your head. Right. And I'm not saying like, like everyone has those voices, right? Oh, I'm not enough or criticize yourself and just listen. And then when you start to get an understanding of like, oh, that's the same one that keeps coming up over and over and over again. Um, then you can start to have a conversation with it. And again, there's a technique called voice dialogue, but that was like with my physical body first, because that was where obviously my whole story stems from. But it was this narrative that um, in order to be successful and in order to receive love, my body has to look a specific way. And so that was blocking me from getting the abundance or the business that I wanted and the partner because of this narrative. So it was really sitting with, okay, how can I, can I give this like voice in my head a name and actually sit and have a conversation with like, if you think of a child, right? Your child, very, very imagine so much imagination, like can we bring that imagination back and be like, Ooh, this piece isn't actually my, me, something I've adopted. And now let me have a conversation face to face with it. And you can do it through like meditation or hypnotherapy. But yeah, I would say that would be one is just so simple to start. Just really take note, like notes in your phone of when those voices come up or when those limitations arise. And then you can start to really explore where you're blocked. And then that's the shadows. That's where you're like, oh, and then also triggers. Like you talked about, you can look at, I'm triggered by this person online. I have to mute them because they keep talking about their hundred K months. Oh my God. They're so greedy or they're so boastful. But really, like, why are you triggered by that? And then it's to say, oh, because my family had this narrative around money and that bad people people do bad things with money. Oh, okay, that's a shadow. Now I can start to to really move through that and work through that in a very simple explanation. Great examples. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And then when it comes to... Uh, calibrating the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, this was something I remember when, before I had my first 7K year, mm-hmm. I was in a, a mastermind. And I remember one of the questions being, you know, how would it feel to have a seven figure business? I think I said 7K. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven. Yeah, figures. I was like, you like, become 7K oh. a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was a big deal, when, you know, like when th- that would happen for the first time. But yeah, it was the seven figure year. Sorry myself there. But that first, like before that happened. Um, and I remember my mentor at the time asking us as a group, like, what would that feel like to have a, you know, a seven figure year, or maybe it's like 5 million the, this year or whatever. And yeah. I remember being able to feel it so deep in my bones that it had already happened. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting because even just like that moment in time, it's so clear how I felt. And I remember like that feeling, but Mm -hmm. it's not just something in my experience that I have felt. And then it just stays there and you're just on the abundance train to, you know, getting everything you want. Like it is (laughs) definitely something that there's been 
peaks and valleys. And so how do you, what is, what are your thoughts on how you calibrate that and how you get that energy back? Yeah, that's so beautifully said. And just like you said, like like the calibration of the nervous system is, can I feel this so deeply Mm. that it's once it lands, you're like, Oh, of course you're here. Hello. Um, but I would say, just like you said, it's a practice, it's a commitment, a dedication back to that feeling. I would say for me, I've been sitting with, like, it's a lot harder for me to call things in than a lot of people have had the ability to do so. So mine is a consistent dedication every single morning. Everything I do is with intention uh, before today, this morning, right? I, I knew I was going to be starting. I usually start around 11. I was going to start a little bit earlier today. So I was like, I should probably go to this workout class. And how can I feel the the feelings of what this abundance would feel like today? But so it's a dedication, a rededication, a recommitment. You'll fall out of alignment and it's the dedication to come back. But just like you said, I would say it's a visualization. Um, I even use like with the the feminine energetics, like my body. So how does my body move when I'm abundant? Um, you can do things like nonlinear movement. Nonlinear movement is things outside of the regular planes of motion. Um, so outside of what you would do for like workouts, how can I move my body in ways that feel like a snake or that feel really fluid and use my breath to start to cultivate that level of abundance and that feeling, that vibration of like, holy crap, I can create this, whatever it is that you're calling in a 10 K month, uh, 100k year, whatever it may be, a seven uh, figure year. And it's a recommitment to that. But I think we can use so much of our mind. But when you integrate the calibration of the nervous system, it's in the physical body, right? So can I bring the body and the mind and even the soul in alignment to really feel that this is possible? And in order to do that, you also have to move through the limiting beliefs of, oh my God, I can't do it. Who are who am I to have all of this? Why would I think that big? So moving out of the the resistance and then how can I physically feel? Um, And again, breath work, nonlinear movement. Um, You can even do like pleasure practices, which is a whole nother topic in itself and ways in which you can connect to the feminine. Because at the end of the day, you're calling in the abundance through the feminine energy. So through your womb, through your movement, your energy, the body. Um, So it's really like how, for me, how can you get deeper into the body for the body to on the cellular level, like you said, in your bones, right. To believe that you can actually have this land. Um, And that's when you can really not have to do like the hustle and grind. The more I work, the more money I make. It's actually like the smarter I work, which is, can I bring all of this energy into my body? Can I really come home to the physical body and regulate the nervous system that I can actually really create magnetism in my business? So it's shifting from what we are told in society um, that we have to work harder and the hours equate to the money. But actually when we can, when we can learn that the mind, the body and the soul in alignment actually create this magnetism where people have 20K years, and then all of a sudden the next year they're at a million dollars, right? And that in society and the logical mind doesn't even make sense because not they didn't hire a ton of people, like they just shifted into a new energy, and that's called quantum leaping. And where if you for the science people, right, quantum physics is everything is energy. 
And when we are in the vibration of abundance or of love, then we attract that. And so that's done through the physical body that's done through the cells. So, and then hypnotherapy would be a good one. You can use like timeline um, regression to move through the limitations. And then you can go into the future and say, how would this feel? What would be the scenario? What will I see? What will I hear? What will I feel when I have the million dollar year, the six figure year or the 10 K month, whatever it may be. So yeah, I could go on and jam out about that for days, but I feel like it's looking at things from a, from a more energetic perspective, a magical perspective, miracles can happen all of the time rather than like so many people get stuck in the logics of business. Like how can you bring that inner child back to the imagination? Interesting. Um, that you uh, bring it like that connection to the feminine, like our first, so our first million dollar year, we were literally like, we went from 10 K months to a hundred K in, in a year. So there was like, no, like time didn't really exist in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it definitely was that myth buster of like, you know, the more time I put in, you know, it's going to take this time to do this. Like Time did not exist. And what was crazy is that when you talk about the connection of the feminine, that was the year I was pregnant with my daughter, Coco. And that was our first like million dollar year. And so it, you know, and so I haven't quite like fully shared this yet, but it's going to like, by the time this episode will be released, like this will all be out in the open, but I'm currently like 23 weeks pregnant now with my second. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. And it's like this new, this shift sort of happened over the last like four weeks where, yeah, like something just really opened up to um, putting together a mastermind and working more um, directly with um, like people that were really focused on building uh, reoccurring revenue in their businesses and helping six, six to seven figure, like getting them to that level. Mm-hmm. And it's been a huge shift in the business, but it is like, it all ties back to that energy. The energy has shifted and it's, it's just different. So yeah. I think that like, as yeah, I could talk to you for hours about all of this, <laughs> so right? fascinating and interesting to connect those dots. So I'll have to have you back on the podcast because yeah. we uh-huh. I feel like there's so much more to talk about. I know. <laughs> like I could keep going about the womb, about all of that. It's so good. So I powerful. Love, love all of this. Um yeah. so I have two questions to to leave you with. So one would be if I was going to start to lean into this mm-hmm. um and I was somebody that didn't know a lot about this kind of world, what would be a couple mm-hmm. of like resources or apps that I could kind of get started with? Good question. I would say a lot of mine has been through like mentors and certifications um, of my learnings and then through the embodiment of it mm-hmm. and my own journey. So I would say apps wise, I don't have any super recommendations. Um, I do have a womb meditation app or yeah, womb meditation on insight timer, Mm -hmm. um, I would say is one place to start. So, uh, you can go to insight timer, look up my name, Erica Hepperly, and then there'll be a womb meditation. I will start to just connect you to the womb. And at first you might be like, what is this? I don't get it because we're so like a lot of times so disconnected, but the more you practice, the more you start to connect. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say is there is a book. There's two books I would recommend. Um, one is called Pussy, a Reclamation. It's actually about um, this woman, Re- Regina Tom Hauser, created the School of Womanly Arts. And she created the book, uh, this book, to get a deeper understanding. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I would say would be um, Wild Feminine. And mm-hmm. Wild Feminine is by Tammy Lynn Kent. Those are beautiful books to start with. And then, yeah, that would be a really beautiful place. And then just like connect with nature, get into your body. Um, and then I also have courses and programs that really go into like the feminine and the embodiment and feminine alchemy practices, how to step into feminine embodied leadership as well. So you can always reach out to me um, or if your audience has any questions or anything like that, we can, we can jam out on another podcast. Perfect. So where's the best place to find you and follow you? Yeah. So I would say the best place would be Instagram um, for like, if you have any questions or want to message me, um, which would be Erica Hepperly, just my first and last name. And then um, you can find free resources on my website, which is fearlessfemproject.com. And I also have a podcast that talks about a lot of this stuff called Find Your Fearless. And I would say those would be the best places. TikTok right now is my jam. It's so fun. Um, So Elevation Erica, but I haven't developed much on there. So that's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Erica. I really, really appreciate you being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. It's so great to connect with you. Thanks for taking the time to level up today. If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money and grow your health and fitness business, head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.